You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here as we are a day away from Tennessee kicking off the 2019 season. Finally, it is here. It has felt like a pretty long off season. I'm actually putting this show together for you on Thursday night, so I'm watching Cincinnati UCLA right now, Clemson Georgia Tech. If I sound distracted, uh, excuse me, I'm not really going to provide any updates because by the time you listen to this, they will not matter. So uh, college football is here. Some Thursday night football, Tennessee against Georgia State at 3.30 on Saturday. So let's get to it. In segment number one of today's show, Three objectives for Tennessee in a game where Tennessee should win with ease against a team that's not very good, uh, at least not expected to be coming in, Georgia State. Some objectives for what Tennessee wants to get accomplished in the first game of the season. In segment number two, three players to pay attention to, and I'm going to try to force the issue a little bit. I could obviously say Jarrett Garantano is somebody to pay attention to. I feel like I've talked about Henry To'o To'o a lot. You're probably familiar with Juwan Jennings. So I'll avoid some of those names. A few other players to pay attention to as that's part of the the theme of this conversation. All that Tennessee wants to get done. And then a look ahead to the game. Jarrett Garantano on Georgia State. Jeremy Pruitt on any adversity Tennessee might have faced this week, and a recruiting note for you as well. All of that right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. I appreciate everybody who has rated and reviewed the show or spread the word to other Tennessee fans about Locked On Vols here five days a week covering what's going on with UT. So here in segment number one, I thought I would lead off with three objectives for Tennessee. The first one is going to back up a lot of the conversation that pretty much everybody has had the last several months with Tennessee, and it goes with what we've been talking about this week, and that is the line of scrimmage. The objective would be to dominate up front. This is Georgia State coming into Neyland Stadium. Tennessee's offensive line needs to set the tone. On Thursday's show, actually, you heard Cole Kublik. He called Trey Smith a tone setter. That's probably why those words popped into my mind. Can Tennessee go out there and do everything it wants to on the offensive line? Up front on the defensive side, can Tennessee create havoc, get into the backfield, and cause problems for Georgia State's offense and shut down Georgia State and keep it from being able to move the football? So dominating up front... I think is a big objective. We're not going to learn everything about Tennessee's offensive line this week. Part of this game will be used to figure out what is the best starting five. Who are the top six to seven guys for Tennessee's offensive line? But if Tennessee struggles to dominate or move Georgia State back on the offensive side, if Tennessee's offensive line is not able to do that, that's not a good sign for next week's game against BYU or when Tennessee goes up against SEC teams, starting with Florida week four, because Florida has some players up front on defense. We're not going to learn everything. If Tennessee does go out and play well on the offensive line, that does not mean that Tennessee's offensive line issues are all fixed and they are good to go. It would be a positive sign for sure. But if Tennessee struggles up front, that would not mean good things for Tennessee moving forward. So with Trey Smith ready to go on the offensive line, and we'll see how much he plays. And then Aubrey Solomon, a part of the defensive line, That has created more optimism this week. Let's see if Tennessee can hold its own and push Georgia State back on the line of scrimmage. Objective number two, take care of business 
eliminate mistakes. That can go back to dominate up front. You win the line of scrimmage battle here in this game. Surely you can get the other things done. So keeping Jarrett Garantano clean, moving the football down the field, seeing where you're supposed to go out of the backfield. Can Ty Chandler break some runs? Yeah, we should see a number of running backs. We should see Eric Gray out there, Tennessee's true freshman running back. And then on the defensive side, I mentioned creating havoc, getting stops, not allowing Georgia State to move the chains, getting out in three downs and then getting the ball back to your offense. And part of this also will include eliminating mistakes, penalties. You know, an issue for Florida last weekend against Miami, especially that final drive, Miami was the better team, but it turned the football over. And it kept committing penalties late. Those penalties were just so dumb. They, they allowed Miami the chance to stay alive and try to win the game. And if Tennessee's committing a lot of penalties against Georgia State, Jeremy Pruitt will not be happy. He talked about that in the middle of camp when Tennessee at different times maybe was dealing with some mental mistakes and uh, committing penalties. He talked about why that might occur. And with a team full of young players out there playing either an extended role or maybe just it all for the first time, that is something that I'm sure will be talked about with the players. Eliminate mistakes. Don't hurt yourself. Jeremy Pruitt talked about why that might happen. Well, I would say any dead ball penalty is is loss of concentration, focus, uh, you know, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's all three phases, you know. So um, whether it's a guy out there at Gunner that there is no snap count. All you do is watch the ball, right? You can't, you can't hear the snap count and the guy moves uh, as a gunner. Or it's, you know, the tight end on field goal protection. Uh, you know, you're going to kick a 52-yard field goal and you have illegal procedure. Now you're going to kick a 57-yard or so, well, which is probably out of your range, right? So just um, really foolish uh, pre-snap penalties. Uh, lots of it comes with maturity, you know. Uh, it's amazing how many times uh, some young guys can line up all sides. Uh, uh, and that, that comes with growing up, um, being mature enough to handle the uh, whatever's going on in the practice, whether it's how many reps you're taking or whether or not you're having success. Uh, just being disciplined to do what's right. That's not exactly exciting stuff, talking about eliminating penalties, lining up right, avoiding mental mistakes. But as you can tell to Jeremy Pruitt when he runs down the list of things that can happen, and he could have kept going, I promise, that's something that really matters to Jeremy Pruitt and his coaching staff. So an objective, eliminate mistakes, do things right, and if you do, things will probably work out right for Tennessee. And then objective number three would be to play a lot of newcomers. We're going to see a lot of newcomers, but as many as you can get out there, get them out there. Get all the running backs some playing time. Play 10 offensive linemen. Get three quarterbacks in the game. If Tennessee does the first two things, controls the line of scrimmage, eliminates mistakes, Tennessee's going to score a lot of points. And if that's the case, you can get Jarrett Garantano out of there in the second half and maybe have time to play both JT Shrout and Brian Maurer. That's something I wonder. Will we see both backup quarterbacks? Because remember, you can play in up to four games and still keep a red shirt. So playing both backup quarterbacks should not be a concern right now. If you end up in a position later on in the season where you need three quarterbacks, well, you might lose a red shirt, but that's because you need the quarterback to go out there. At that point, the fact that the other guy, the third guy, would have played earlier in the season, well, that could come back to help you a little bit. Somebody has to be the number two guy. My guess is Shrout, but I would also guess that if there is a chance, Tennessee will play three quarterbacks in this game. So as many newcomers as you can get out there, 
this is the kind of game where you do that. Get a big lead, get some points, get some starters off the field. One, to get backups in the game, but also to rest some starters, keep them from getting hurt because you don't want your starters to be out there for three to four quarters to where they're needed and they're at even greater risk. So uh, I would say the three objectives, I could keep going, but three that stand out to me, dominate up front on both sides of the football, take care of business, don't make stupid mistakes would be number two, and then play as many players as you can against Georgia State. That's what this kind of game is for, especially when it's game number one for a team that is filled with so many young players or guys who are taking on bigger roles. Coming up next on Locked on Vols, I will get to three players to pay attention to, guys that aren't as obvious as Tennessee goes into its first game of the season. That's coming up next on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the NFL season is right around the corner. The preseason is done, so we are six days away from the NFL season beginning, which means Crossover Wednesday will be back for the entire regular NFL season. You will get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from opposing sides meet up to preview the excitement of the games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcasts and be sure not to miss the NFL listeners' favorite segment, Crossover Wednesday. Locked on Vols is also brought to you today by Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all in the Vivid Seats app. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats Rewards. For the month of August, you can earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward loyalty program when you download the app. So here's what you do. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans, again, are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Reward Program and will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. So go to Vivid Seats, enter promo code KICKOFF100 at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's promo code KICKOFF100 with Vivid Seats. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In segment number one, I went over three objectives. How about three players now in segment number two to pay attention to this weekend? As I mentioned a few minutes ago, Garantano's an obvious one. You probably know about Marquez Callaway and Jawan Jennings. We know Ty Chandler's going to be starting out there at running back and we'll have a chance to make some plays. How about some other guys to pay attention to? Well, a player who is already getting some attention and now is playing a bigger role for Tennessee would be cornerback Warren Burrell. He is a true freshman who was here in the spring and came out of the spring as a guy that looked like he could be the number three corner. And with recent news that Balaam Buchanan is out, he is not available right now as he is dealing with the narrowing of the spine issue and the suspension of Bryce Thompson. We don't know when or if Bryce Thompson will return to Tennessee's football team right now. Burrell becomes a really important player. 
He's a number two corner. He's starting opposite of Alante Taylor. At least that's the expectation. He'll be playing for sure with Sean Schamberger expected to be the starting player at star, Tennessee's nickel position. So with some questions there in the defensive backfield at corner, let's see what Warren Burrell can do. There's some other players out there who are going to have an opportunity. That comes back to the play as many guys as you can. Get uh, Kenneth George out there. Kenny Solomon, you'd probably like to get some experience for him at corner in case he's needed in a bigger role. But we already know that Warren Burrell is going to play a big role. Let's see how he does. He is not going to be tested as severely as Alante Taylor and Bryce Thompson were in the opener last year. Remember, those guys were out there playing as freshmen against West Virginia with Will Greer at quarterback and some really talented receivers. That was just too much. This is the kind of game where Warren Burrell... Yeah, you may know some guys on this Georgia State team having come to Tennessee from Georgia, but he's the number two guy. And even if Bryce Thompson returns to the team, if he's back next week, Burrell's still playing. Burrell still will be in an important role on the defense. So I think a pretty obvious guy to pay attention to would be Warren Burrell, a true freshman corner who will be an important player for Tennessee all season long. Number two would be Brandon Kennedy. Remember a year ago, he showed up at Tennessee as a transfer from Alabama and was immediately the guy at center. He started for Tennessee last year against West Virginia, and then in practice that following week, suffered a torn ACL. So he is coming up on the one-year mark of that knee injury, and he is probably the guy. Now, if Ryan Johnson starting at center, we should still see Kennedy at this point. I guess just reverse my answer. But uh, assuming Kennedy is the starting center, as he's projected to be, Let's see how he plays. Uh, He is a guy that I think the coaches really trust. He's a fifth-year guy. He was a part of Alabama's program. He's been in Tennessee's program for more than a year now. And if you listen to what Jared Garantano said about Kennedy recently, he talked about the importance of his role. Remember, he's the center. He's a guy that's helping with the communication there on the interior of the offensive line. Yeah, he's definitely the leader of the group. I mean, he's probably the oldest in the room, but he's been through a lot. He's been through. He's seen a lot of college football. He's been at the other place he's been. He's seen a lot of good things happen, and he got here, and he's able to coach up some of the younger guys and, and lead by example in that room. So you know how we've talked about Garantano? Did I say Garantano a moment ago? I promise that's going to keep happening. But uh, Garantano, JG, that, Jeremy Pruitt said the other day, he's just going to call his quarterback JG. Maybe I should start doing that as well. Anyway, Tennessee's quarterback is a guy that I think Tennessee's coaches trust now. They have more confidence that he understands what they ask of him. And it's amplified at that position. You really want your quarterback to know what's being asked of him. But I think that applies to center. I I think what you hear JG saying there, that doesn't sound exactly right either. What you hear Garantano saying there, I'm going to get it right, I promise. Uh, I, I think that goes back to the coaching staff's confidence in the players, belief that they're going to do the job and if you think about Trey Smith being there at left guard he's a junior who has played a lot of football and is just he's a terrific player and his ability to communicate Brandon Kennedy there at center has to give Pruitt and Jim Chaney offensive line coach Will Friend a lot more confidence in what the group can do uh, and what Jim Chaney might want to call we'll see what the offensive line is Wanya Morris is probably your left tackle Uh, K. Calbert may be there at right guard. It could be a number of guys. Ryan Johnson, Jerome Carvin are options there. If it's Johnson, then you have guys that have played a lot of football there in the interior. Uh, If it's Calbert, he hasn't played that much. Talented, big guy, but inexperienced. So you have Morris, who's inexperienced. Let's say it's Calbert for the sake of this conversation. He hasn't played very much. And then probably Marcus Tatum, who is a fourth-year player. So you would have a fourth-year guy 
and a fifth-year senior on the two sides around Calvert. And then you'll have Kennedy and Trey Smith before you get to a freshman, assuming he's out there, Wanya Morris. Brandon Kennedy is a really important player for Tennessee's offensive line. And then the third player to pay attention to, we talk so much about Daryl Taylor, and there's really just an assumption that he'll play well, and we all know that he's an important player in the defense. Let's see what DeAndre Johnson does. You could say DeAndre Johnson or Kevon Bennett. Johnson met with the media earlier this week, so he comes to mind, and he's a guy that's projected as the other outside linebacker for Tennessee to start. He's played a good amount of football. He's shown the ability to make plays. Let's see if DeAndre Johnson can be effective rushing the quarterback as well. They'd love to get Johnson, Bennett, and Quavaris Crouch involved on the defensive side and uh, get them in positions to get into the offensive backfield. But Johnson now is a third-year player. He's one of a bunch of guys from that 2017 class, players who are in their third year. That was not the most highly rated class. It was a well-thought-of group. But that was a class where you looked at a lot of players and said, okay, it's probably going to take a couple of years to develop. Johnson would be an example of those players that were being mentioned. So he's a player to watch this week as well. Daryl Taylor, we know that he's going to try to get into the opposing backfield. Opposing teams know that as well. Could that open up some kind of opportunity for DeAndre Johnson to be effective? Watch and see what he's able to do. There is potential there for Tennessee's linebacker group, talking about the inside and outside players to really be effective. That's a a position group with a lot of potential from where it is now to where it'll be at the end of the season. Right now, Tennessee is without Daniel Batuli. He's not playing this week as the Vols hope to have him back next week for the BYU game. Coming up next here on Locked on Vols, the final segment will continue to get ready for the game on Saturday, Tennessee against Georgia State. You'll hear Tennessee's quarterback talk about the opponent as well as Jeremy Pruin on The adversity. Has there been adversity for Tennessee this week with the Bryce Thompson news? And a recruiting note for you. So still plenty to get to right here on Locked on Vols. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. So if you haven't subscribed, please do so. You can find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps like Himalaya, Overcast, Stitcher, and you can listen on your smart speaker at home. Just tell it to play podcast Locked on V-O-L-S. So as I mentioned, Georgia State is a team that Tennessee should beat easily. Uh, The SP Plus rankings from Bill Connolly that I mentioned on Thursday have Georgia State as the number 116 team in the country. That's out of 130. So Georgia State is projected to be one of the worst teams in the country coming in out of the Sun Belt. Georgia State's going to be fired up to be in Neyland Stadium, and I'm sure we'll give it all and attempt to cause problems for Tennessee. That goes back to Tennessee taking care of business. That should not happen. But Jarrett Garantano does know that it's a team with some experience coming back. Listen to what Tennessee's quarterback said about Georgia State, the opponent the Vols are about to play on Saturday. I, th- I think that they're a veteran group. I mean, they bring back 10 guys on the defense, and they didn't have such a good re- record last year, but they have great coaches, and I think that they have a lot of leadership coming back as well. So I think that they have some good team speed, and we'll, we'll see on Saturday. I think that they're a good team, though. Georgia State went 2-10 and last year, so it was not a good year for the Panthers, and it should not be a good game for Georgia State against Tennessee this weekend. So the conversation does come back to Tennessee. Most of this conversation is about what the Vols are able to do next week. We will spend a lot of time talking about BYU, a team that would love to come in to Neyland Stadium and try to knock off the Vols. 
as I said, I'm doing this show Thursday evening, so BYU has not played Utah yet. By the time you're listening to this, you'll probably know the outcome of that game. No matter what happens, BYU will be fired up and will have a couple of extra days to get ready for the game uh, next Saturday against Tennessee. So this week, the conversation is about the Vols, and one conversation that has taken up a lot of time this week is the suspension of Bryce Thompson. One, he's a talented player that is not available, hence me talking about Warren Burrell in the previous segment. But has it been a distraction at all for the Vols this week? Jeremy Pruitt's answer here was about what I expected, but he was asked about the team dealing with adversity, staying focused, all that stuff with what's gone on off the field. Listen to what Jeremy Pruitt said when he was asked about that. This week, is there's not been any adversity for us. I mean, we're getting ready to play Georgia State. Everybody's excited, fired up, ready to play. Uh, you know, you don't get many opportunities, right? So... Everything that we do, okay, starting from um, when we were little bitty kids, right, you know, playing in the backyard to playing Pop Warner to, you know, junior high ball in the weight room all the way through. Um, there's, there's very few moments that you get to play in a game, coaching a game, so you take advantage of it. Uh, and everybody in our program is excited about this game. So Tennessee finally will play a game against Georgia State on Saturday, 3.30 the kickoff time for Tennessee and Georgia State at Neyland Stadium. The game will be broadcast on ESPNU. Before I go, some recruiting notes for you. Tristan sent in a question with the Vols getting a commitment recently from Mordecai McDaniel from Washington, D.C. Would that affect Tennessee taking Antonio Johnson? The answer right now I would say is no. He's the uh, talented safety from East St. Louis, Illinois, who committed to Tennessee and then decommitted several weeks ago after a trip to Texas A&M. I say the answer is no now because things can change depending on if Tennessee takes other guys, what Tennessee believes it has with its numbers. Right now, Tennessee has 15 commitments, so there's still some room to work with there. Tennessee can add another 10 guys in this class, and Johnson's a really talented player, so you factor that in as well. His talent is something that Tennessee probably is not turning away. And Tennessee's recruitment in the defensive backfield is probably still something to pay attention to. So my short answer right now would be no. Tristan, I appreciate the question. It's a good one. I don't think if Antonio Johnson wants to commit to Tennessee, I don't think Tennessee would turn that away, at least not right now. This weekend, one player to pay attention to would be Lenneth Whitehead. He is an athlete from Athens, Georgia. He will be taking an official visit to Knoxville this weekend. I say athlete because he told Chad Simmons' arrivals this week that Tennessee has talked to him about playing on offense or defense. He could play linebacker. He could play running back. And according to Whitehead, that might be up to him with what he wants to do. He's a well-thought-of prospect, four-star player in the composite. He's a top 200 player in the country, and he has an impressive list of schools that he is considering. He wants to have something done by October, so I wouldn't expect anything this weekend. But the schools he is considering, along with Tennessee, include Georgia, South Carolina, Texas, and Wisconsin. He plans to schedule official visits in the month of September and then try to figure something out shortly after that. So Lenneth Whitehead, a talented athlete from down in Georgia, will be in Knoxville this weekend as Tennessee takes on Georgia State. That is going to do it for Locked on Vols today. I want to say thanks to everybody for being here today and for listening to the show recently. The numbers this week have been terrific. So I really appreciate you being here and checking out what's going on with Locked on Vols. Keep spreading the word. Subscribe, download, rate, and review all that stuff. Uh, just a quick note, if you happen to be heading to campus, I'll be doing radio on Saturday for the Sports Animal at 
Fieldhouse Social in University Commons. We'll be doing that show from 10 until 11.30 with Heather Harrington and Daniel Hood. So if you happen to be coming through, stop by, say hello, please. And I'll be on the Sports Source, which is going to be from 11 until 12.30 on Sunday on WATE. You can also find it on Facebook Live on the Sports Sources page. So John Pennington with a bunch of VFLs and... I'll be among the media hacks on that show from 11 until 12.30 on Sunday. It feels good to have football here. Enjoy the game on Saturday and all the college football this weekend. And I'll be back on Monday to talk about what happened this weekend and to start looking ahead to a big game next week, Tennessee against BYU. Thanks again for being here. I'll see you Monday on Locked on Vols.